uh, Sundays, we've gone through a series titled Stepping Into the New. And last week, we talked about a new sense of purpose. This morning, we're going to talk about a new sense of harvest or a new season of harvest. You know, anytime that God calls us into the new, there's so many different things that we'll experience. And we want to talk about a few of those things this morning. But let me first start reading Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. It's the same verse that we've read the past few Sundays. It says, but forget all that. What was he talking about? He was talking about some of the really cool things that happened in the lives of the Israelites. Right. All these miraculous things that took place in their lives. Listen, as God's coming to a point and he's saying, forget all the awesome things that just happened. Forget about the wilderness and the rock and the manna and, and the sea parting and all these things. Forget about all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So as we talk about this new season, we're talking about a new season of harvest. What does that mean? Somebody shout it out. A new season of harvest. <laughs> Not everybody at once. I didn't understand you. A new season of what? Okay, spring. We are actually going into spring, right? We all know it because we're all like, <coughs> anybody else in the room? Okay, just... I mean, let's not all do it together. That's kind of disgusting. But So we're stepping into spring. What else does a, a new season of a harvest mean? Anybody farm? Does anybody have a garden? Does anybody grow flowers? Okay. <laughs> so where we got it? They're in bloom, right? So we step into this new season. It's a new season that's represented by life. And abundance. And here we are uh, in this new season that God's calling us to as a church. And I believe we get to experience the same thing. New life and abundance. And let's look at John 4, 34 and 35. Because look, look what Jesus says. He says, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. Man, there, that is such a significant statement. Because I know I'm not the only one that at times has searched for purpose and meaning and fulfillment. But look what Jesus says. that Our nourishment, all those things I just said, come from doing the will of God. He says, who sent me and from finishing his work. You know this saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Now, without ending the service too quickly, Jesus is talking about people. He's saying, look around. If each one of us were to walk through our community today, we could look around and we could see people who don't yet know Jesus. When you, if you want to talk about purpose and meaning, that is our purpose and meaning. So Jesus is saying, stop and look around to see exactly what I'm calling you to do. So in this new season of harvest, it means we'll see more and more people come to know Jesus. Listen, I love the fact that God wakes us up with a, a brand new day every day. Anybody else there with me that his mercies are new? But we're not talking about just a new day. We're talking about a new, a new season. So why do we have seasons? I, I, I looked it up for a little bit because Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. For, for everything there is a season. So even in our, the way that God created the earth, to, to, to blossom and to bloom and then to experience. Listen to this. The seasons are literally the earth in process. The seasons are literally the earth in process. 
And it's a process of change and transformation. We know that because most of us can identify, hopefully all of us can identify the season based on what we're seeing. When we're seeing all the leaves go to the ground, what do we call it? Fall. And when we see the snow come, we call it. And when we see the, the flowers blossom, we call Right? We can look around and we can see, we can identify the seasons. God created it that way. Why? Because the seasons themselves are a process that the earth goes through, experiencing change and transformation. And that process was created to bring forth life. And that's what God wants us to experience as we step into new seasons. This isn't the first new season, uh, spiritual season that the, the church has stepped into. It won't be the last season. But I think it's so important that we do recognize when God's taking us into the new. So as we talk about seasons, as we talk about change and, and transformation, I want to look at the life of Peter. The life of Peter. Uh, because there's a lot of change and transformation that happens in Peter's life. Uh, and most of it is really, really good, yet not all of it is. And if you study his story, you'll, you'll easily find the parts of his life that we wouldn't necessarily say were, were good parts or, or uh, fruitful parts of his life. But let's look at his life and let's talk about three points. The first one is this. Stepping into a new season, we will experience new changes. Let's look at the first big change we see happen in Peter's life. It's found in Matthew, 8, or Matthew 4, verses 18 to 20. And this is what it says. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed. And you see this first change that we see happen in the life of Peter is when Jesus finds him and, and Jesus calls out to the, Peter. This wasn't a small change either. It's not like Jesus called out to Peter and said, come follow me for the afternoon or for a few hours or for a few days or for a few weeks. That's not what Jesus was calling Peter to do. And Peter knew it. Jesus was calling Peter to follow him for the rest of his life. And what does it say Peter did? It says he dropped his nets at once. Now listen, I don't, I don't know about myself, to be honest with you, how easily or how quickly I would have dropped my nets. Because I do this for a living. We see that in the scripture. Peter fishes for a living, yet Jesus says, I want you to drop your nets and follow me. Really, what, the way that I see it is, is Jesus came along, he sees Peter, he says, come follow me, and then he turns and he starts moving. He starts walking because that's what Jesus does. Jesus never stops moving. So if you have, it means you're not following. But Jesus says, Peter, come follow me. And we see Peter drop his net at once, even though this is the way that Peter made his living. Like, that's incredible to me. How many of you would want a few more details before you dropped your net and followed? Anybody else in the room? How many of you, be honest with me, because I know there's at least, you know, a few of you. How many of you would want, like, the five-year plan? Okay, good. Yeah, I knew, I knew there would be. It wouldn't be this little easy thing. And man, we drop our nets and go. And maybe like we're following, but we're holding on to our holding on to our nets and we're trying to get the details before we let go of it. But Jesus says, "Come follow me." And we see that Peter just drops his net and go. Man, listen, that's a pretty big statement for this guy that we're meeting named Peter in Scripture, right? 
He's fishing for fish. He's fishing for a living. Yet Jesus says, listen, I want you to stop fishing and follow me. And I love this because it, Jesus doesn't say it, but we know what happens later. I mean, really what Jesus is saying, and he says that to all of disciples, he says that to us this morning, follow me and we're going to change the world. That literally happened. The world was changed by the ministry of Jesus. And just like I spoke last week, we need, we need to, along our journey, invite others into that. Jesus is the prime example of this. Jesus is about to change the world, and he invites this small group of people, and then that grows and grows and grows, to follow along with them. So can you imagine if Peter knew, like, what was ahead? Maybe if we knew that, it's a whole lot easier to drop the nets and go. But Peter really had no idea. Peter, even as a Jew and following Jewish traditions, if he recognized Jesus as the Messiah at this moment, in his mind, he would still be thinking, like, he's going to deliver us from Roman rule and and all this. If that's what Jesus was saying, follow me because we're going to change the world. Jesus says that to us this morning. Follow me because together we're going to see the world changed. So Peter experiences this significant, significant change. And maybe you haven't experienced that type of change where you just dropped everything to follow Jesus. But I think that's what Jesus is calling us to. Now, what does that mean specifically? It, It probably doesn't mean you have to leave your job. But maybe it does. Right? We're going to talk a little bit more about that, so don't get too nervous. This is a prophetic word. We're all quitting tomorrow. Some of y'all are like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and he's calling Peter to change. It's a big change. And this morning he's calling out your name. Here we see him calling Peter. This morning he, he calls your name. So what, is, what does this change mean for us? It means that we've got to lay down our nets so that we can carry the cross. The Bible says that to us, that we're supposed to take up the cross how often? Daily. Every day we're supposed to take up the cross. But if we're if we're too busy or too focused on carrying the nets around with us and and what's in your nets? I don't know. In your net, you might find some hurt. You might find some disappointment. In your net, you might find some confusion and doubt. In your net, you might find some success. Man, maybe the past decade or so, you've just experienced a lot of success in your life, in your business, in your family. And sometimes, sometimes Jesus is even to say, are you willing to lay that down? Because we can't carry that and carry the cross at the same time. So I don't know what's in your net, and I don't know what the Holy Spirit, especially later as we kind of spend some time with him in response, I don't know what's in your nets and what he's asking you to lay down, but is it, if he calls your name this morning, are you willing to drop your nets and follow at once? Here's the second thing. Stepping into a new season, we will encounter new challenges. Let's just skip right down to the third point, because I don't like that one. That's a... Is anybody else, we, you come across scripture and it's like, oh man, that's a hard one. That's a hard one to swallow. How many of y'all with a raise of hand, you love the verse that says, love your enemies? <laughs> we just, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a hard thing to, to grasp and to understand that if we're going to face new seasons, we have to face new challenges. So I grew up in Florida. If you grew up in California and, and maybe parts of the Midwest, you might have experienced some of the same thing. But I grew up in Florida and every year we would have forest fires. Uh, and some of them natural because Central Florida is the lightning capital of the world, so there's a lot of lightning strikes, and it would light the forest, and, and mainly these 
these forests that are full of pines and palmetto bushes. Anybody ever spent time in Florida and experienced a palmetto bush? Woo, right? So uh, we would have these, this fire come through and like devastate you know, hundreds if not thousands of acres. We see it a lot on the news with California. But this is the wonderful thing that happens. After all of that, what happens? New life. When you go in after a, um, uh, thousands of acres have been burned, you'll start to see these new sprouts come up of grass and pine trees and different kinds of trees. And man, when we face new seasons, we'll also face new challenges. First John, or John chapter 18, verses 15 through 27 we see the account of Peter's denial. And I don't want to take the time to read through all those verses because I think we know the story of Peter. I think we, we certainly know the account of his denial. Peter didn't deny Jesus one time. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. So even though we'll face new seasons and new seasons bring around great challenges, they also bring around great opportunities as we overcome those challenges. But when we look at the life of Peter and what we see him experience, we would say that it was a pretty great failure if we just read that account. If somebody told you about Peter and said, hey, just read these few verses, we would all read and go, man, this Peter dude was a loser. Right? We see what, when he, what he does, how he denies Jesus. This is what I've come to know, that the challenge we face are tools God uses to produce in us character needed for victory. And we don't see this happen if we just stop reading this part of Peter's life, but we certainly do see that happen later. Listen, I'm, I, I'm not saying that uh, we won't mess up, because we will. As we go through life and we're striving to live for Jesus, we will mess up, and we will fail at times. But if we can recognize those as, as learning opportunities for our lives to be transformed and changed, I don't know how Peter dealt with what he did. Because I think as soon as, you know the story, as soon as I heard that crow, or rooster crow, rooster crow, ro- roosters crow? Cock- yeah, roosters crow. As soon as I heard the rooster, I'd be thinking, man, I, I really messed this up. We see something very similar happen with Judas. But what, what was Judas's response? Yet Peter, yeah, yet Peter, Peter finds himself in this place where all of a sudden he experiences transform, transformation after this great failure because we know where Peter lands later on in the book that we call the Bible. So here's a cool thing. Even though Peter experiences a great failure, a great mistake, he and he certainly didn't do what God was asking him to do. He denies Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. By the way, he denies Jesus while Jesus is on trial. And not only does he des- de- deny being with Jesus. I can't talk this morning. Not only does he deny following Jesus, he denies even knowing Jesus. I don't, I don't even know the man. Yet if we keep reading in the story of just Peter's life, we know that the new season that he steps into, he becomes a champion for Jesus. Like the same Peter we're talking about now, who denies, denies Jesus three times. Earlier on in life, he walks on water. I'm like, that's crazy cool. How does he get from that? How does he get from, we think, him being the one that steps up and chops the soldier's ear off when they come for Jesus? Like, how does he get from that to denying Jesus three times? Thankfully, God is a God of transformation and redemption because Peter's story continues. Later, we see 
Peter in the book of Acts, he steps out of the upper room. He preaches the word of God with boldness and over 3000 people come to know Jesus just after that one moment. Listen, I want you, I want me, I want us to be like Peter, where even though we might have experienced some failure and some setbacks, maybe we today would admit that we haven't been doing everything that God's asked us to do. Maybe we would admit that when Jesus came to us and called out our name, we just kept fishing. Because it'd be way too difficult to just drop the net and follow. Yet here we see Peter. I've come to know this, and it's, it's mainly because of my own experiences and, and my own failures. That the mark of spiritual maturity is how quickly I recover. How quickly I turn back to Jesus after messing up. Because I'm going to mess up. I'm going to sin. But I love the fact that God, each, in each one of those moments, he's just waiting so I've, I've come to a place where I'm, I gauge my spiritual maturity on how quickly I turn back to Jesus. And I love the fact that Peter, who is his failure for denying Jesus, becomes a champion for him later. Look at Luke 10. Luke 10, verse 2. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is... In charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields. So obviously, Jesus is he's talking about the world. He's not talking about an actual field. And when he talks about workers, he's talking about me. He's talking about you. Now, this is the thing that I don't want us to get trapped in as Christians. There are some things, listen to me, there are some things you don't have to pray about. You don't have to pray about whether to tell somebody about Jesus. Or not. You don't have to pray about praying for healing. You don't have to pray about speaking a word of encouragement to somebody. These are things that God's already asked us to do. The fact of the matter is, is, is as we see Jesus say this in Luke, he's really saying, listen, you guys should already be going. You guys should already be in the fields. You are the workers. And he's saying that to us. There's going to be moments today and moments tomorrow and moments the next day where we would hear Jesus call out our name and he would say to us, come follow me. And when he does that, there's something specific that he's calling us to. But he says that the fields are ripe with harvest. So who's going to be the worker? I I want to be one of those. I want to be the one that in each moment that Jesus calls my name, that I drop whatever I'm doing and I pay attention. I follow. I do what he wants me to do. Let's go back to John 4, verse 34. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from what? There we, it was a little slow getting up there. But my nourishment comes from what? Doing the will of God. Listen, I'm, I'm under the understanding of this. When I look through Scripture... And I read about his grace and his mercies, and man, I love the fact that God is a God of grace and he's a God of mercy. I, I do not believe that you can be saved by doing good. However, I believe that doing good is the result of being saved. And I don't make it a habit of walking around judging people's salvation. But I do know this about my own life. 
If he's created me, and the fact the Bible says that long ago he created these good things for me to do, the plans that he has for me to do, like that is a product, that's a result of me following Jesus. That's a, that's a result of me laying everything that I am at Jesus' feet. It's a result of me moment by moment saying, yes, whatever you want me to do right now, I'll do it. And he says, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. So we're stepping into a new season as a church. And that's never absent of us as individual Christ followers stepping into new seasons as well. And I believe that it's a season of, of great harvest. I believe that it's a season that we'll, we'll see more and more people come to know Jesus. Listen, this is not about growing a church. This is about growing the kingdom. This is about introducing people to Jesus for the first time. It's about seeing people delivered. It's about seeing people who are, who are looking for hope find hope, the hope that's only found in Jesus. That's what this season of harvest is about. The season of a harvest that we're stepping into is a season of transformation where I'm not the only one changed, but our community has changed. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying to us, look out across your community because your community is ripe for harvest. And then right after that, I believe he would say to us as individuals, follow me. Follow me. Listen, we see Peter at one time being a fisher of fish, but Jesus says that he was going to make Peter a fisher of men, and we see that fulfilled in the book of Acts. When he steps out with boldness by the power of the Holy Spirit and he just speaks the word of God, thousands in this one instant, over 3,000 people come to know Jesus. The very thing that Jesus said to Peter was, I'm going to change you. I'm going to transform you from being a fisher of fish to a fisher of men happens in the book of Acts and it keeps happening in Peter's life. Why? Because Peter keeps following. Every time that Jesus would come to Peter and say, follow me, Jesus would, I mean, Peter would follow every time. And I love this. And today he would say the same thing to us. He would call out your name and he would say, come follow me. And I believe it again. I believe that Jesus says to us, follow me. And then he turns and he starts going in the direction that he wants us to go. Will we be the people who say yes, that drop everything to follow? Because the result is that we step into this season of harvest. Listen, I believe that God wants to bless you. I believe that. And I believe that God wants to bless others around you, through you. Right? I love what Pastor Farrell says, and he, I, he says it almost every service. We are blessed to be a blessing. Everything that God's doing in us, everything that God's doing in our church is so that our community comes to know Jesus. You know, we have this saying at Grace that we're supposed to go around the corner and around the world. Lisa told us of a few opportunities that we have to go around the world. Listen, we have, I mean, let's just be real. We had the opportunity to go around the corner every day, every day, multiple times every day. We had the opportunity to go around the corner. Lisa presented to us this morning a few opportunities to go around the world. And maybe Jesus is asking you to do that this morning. In fact, in the, in the first service, we had someone say, yes, I'm going to go. I'm going to sign up to go. And what a wonderful thing, right? So what is Jesus? What is he calling you to? As he calls out your name and he turns and he walks the direction that he wants you to go in, are we dropping everything and going? Are we following him? Listen, we're stepping into a new season, a new season of harvest. Where, like Peter, 
the thing they were transformed into is champions for Jesus. Champions. How many of you love sports? Keep your hands up just for a minute. Keep your hand up if you love trophies. We had a few people put their hand. I, I love trophies. In fact, I found out. Is this being recorded? Because I wouldn't want anybody to get this misconstru- misconstrued. We, uh, we visited, uh, our staff visited Lake Forest, the, lake, the new Lake Forest campus. By the way, they've got great coffee over there. Um, but we visited the, the campus, and we wanted to see their building, and there, there were some interesting things, things that we found out about the building. But Nick, uh, Pastor Nick noticed that in their bathroom, I think they had trophies, or at least some, something notifying Nick that they won, like best in show at the, Christmas, the Denver Christmas Parade the past few years. And when Nick told me that, I was like, hmm. Talk about change. No, Jesus is calling us to become champions for him, champions for the gospel, champions for hope, champions for healing, champions for deliverance. And he simply says this. He calls your name. He says, come follow me. And then he starts showing you the direction to go. Will we become that? It doesn't matter how many times we've failed in the past. I love that about Jesus. And it doesn't matter how badly we've failed in the past. I love that about Jesus. Listen, God didn't change his mind about Peter in the midst of the denial. Aren't you glad for that? Not once, not twice, denied even knowing the man Jesus. Yet God still uses Peter later. Listen, Jesus knew that, that Peter would deny him even when Jesus said to Peter, the truth you just spoke is what the church is going to be built on. The rock in which the church... He's talking to Peter. When Peter walked on water, Jesus knew what was to come. Yet even though Peter denies Jesus, even knowing Jesus three times, we still see that Peter transforms. He changes. Why? Because he keeps following Jesus. And now he's seeing thousands of people come to know Christ. Listen, I think that's what God's calling us to as individuals and as a church. Let's close our eyes. And as champions, we'll, we, just, we start to learn and understand the things that are important to God. And I can tell you, this is a challenge for me because there's things that I think are important. But even taking those things to God and asking Him, are these things important to you? you know, as we follow, as we become champions for Jesus, we start to see what's important to God. Not only that, but man, we embrace what's important to God. And then we start to connect others with what's important to God. And I hope this morning you know, you're hearing Jesus call your name. And you're hearing those words spoken. Just those two words, follow me. Because whether you You've been following Jesus for years now. Or you have yet to say yes to follow him. Those same words still ring true. Follow me. If you're here this morning and you've never said yes to following Jesus. If you've never been introduced to Jesus. I want to introduce you to him this morning. I won't call you up front. I won't embarrass you. But if you'll just raise your hand just so I know who I'm praying with. I'm praying for I would love that if if you're saying yeah I want to know who this Jesus is and I don't know him yet would you just raise your hand you can just raise it up put it back down 
I didn't see any hands go up, so I know that Jesus is saying this to the rest of us. Hey, come follow me. Come follow me. What does that mean for us today? What does that mean for us tomorrow and the next day and the days to come, the weeks to come, the months to come? So you have to be confident in this, and we, we talked about it some last week and even the week before. And it's not about your own talents. It's not about your own abilities, your skills, your knowledge, your experience. It's not about any of those things. I believe that if Jesus can call somebody whose living was a fisherman to later reach thousands with the story of who Jesus is, he can call each one of us, and he is. So what is he calling you to say yes to? This season of a harvest, we get to experience as a church family, as each one of us join together and say yes, 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 I'll follow you. I'll follow you. I think I could guarantee that every one of us in here want to see more people come to know Jesus. We want to see more people experience all that God is and all that God has for them. We want more people to experience the times of worship that we were able to have this morning, this sense of, man, God is in this place. Think about that for a minute because there's people who have never felt that or experienced that. And he's calling us. He's calling out your name. He's calling out my name. He's saying, come follow me. And the result is that more and more people get to experience the God that we worship today. More and more people get to experience hope for the first time. But it comes from us saying yes. Dropping everything and following him. What are some things in your life that have kept you from saying yes in the past? Are those some of the things that Jesus is asking you to lay down? Lay down your nets. Lay down your nets and follow me. Perhaps, perhaps sometimes success is even a distraction. God challenging you with that this morning. Man, put down your nets. Come follow me. What I want us to hear as a church family is this. Man, put, put down your nets. Come follow me. Because we're about to change the world. I believe that. That's not just a statement I put in my notes. I believe that with everything that's in me. Because the world changes one life at a time, one life that comes to know Jesus. The entire world just changed. And then he leads us to the next life that comes to know him and the next life that comes to know him and the next person we pray for. God, I thank you for who you are. And Lord, man, this morning, I, you are calling us to something big and beyond our own means. And Lord, I know for myself, that makes me extremely uncomfortable at times. Sometimes I'm a little bit nervous about what you're going to ask me to do next. But God, I want to predetermine right now, predecide that my answer is yes. My answer is yes. And I'll follow. Wherever you go, wherever you lead. And may we be a church family that consistently says yes 
Yes. Yes. God, I pray over this next week that you would speak to us individually with very specific things. Or maybe it's the specific things that are in our net that we're having a hard time laying down. Maybe it's the specific things that you're calling us to. Maybe perhaps right now, even as we're praying, Lord, we're seeing faces of people that we're supposed to begin to tell Jesus about. You're calling us to them. You're calling us to pray for them. You're calling us to share the gospel with them. God, I know for a fact that your intent is to is to change lives, and you're calling us along just like Jesus did. You're calling us along to participate in the story that you're writing for us as a church, to participate in the story that you're writing for our community. We thank you for that. You're an amazing, you're an amazing, amazing God. Not because of the things you do, although we're thankful for that. You're an amazing God because that's just who you are. You are great. You are awesome and mighty. In Jesus' name, amen.